0: This episode is in stereo. Make sure to plug in both your left and your right earbud.
1: Bye. Welcome to our Blissbringers podcast, the materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops and tips allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself what's your pleasure
0: welcome back in this episode we meet up with sin and victoria in london they cozy up in their hotel room with a drink and debrief their adventures in kink and polyamory straight from the heart enjoy
1: So, what is today's day? Today is December 7th. We're in Heathrow Airport in our hotel room where it's really hot. Maybe we should turn on the fan. <laughs> it's not that hot. So, this is Mistress Cindy, and I am here with Victoria S., and the two of us ladies have been turning London upside down this week. <laughs> We've been vampires.
2: <laughs> we have, yeah. It's been a pretty good time, especially towards the weekend.
1: Well, we had to warm up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I flew in, uh, visiting the family in Europe, and I flew into London to spend some time with Victoria S. Came in about a week ago. I came here with the objective to check out the king scene. But the only king scene was our sex scenes. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's what, how it turned. It was pretty unfortunate actually, because um, you came at a time where there wasn't much going on. It all seems to be happening next weekend or the week after. Yeah, she's a bit of a
1: bugger. Got to go with the universe. Exactly. Sometimes you can't make things happen. It's just like,
2: Well, some pretty interesting things happened. (laughs) Like you know, I'm sitting here going, what the fuck happened on Tuesday? What did we... So, Monday... Tuesday was our only night in. Was it? Yeah. So, Monday, I had my choir rehearsal Mm. that you came along to. Tuesday, we
1: actually stayed in. Christmas Carols in Paddington Station. That was Wednesday. I got to say, that's classic. I mean, that's just... Being American, just thinking about Christmas carols being sung in London in Paddington stations. That was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. fun.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm in a choir and we were singing to support the British Heart Foundation, help them raise funds. And Mistress Cindy came along to support us and was one of the only people clapping. Encourage us because there's it was late feedback. at night, yeah, from 7 30 to 9 pm. And it's also Londoners, so Londoners tend to just walk past and mind their own business. And then on
1: Thursday, oh my god, meat pies in London! <laughs> pies. Oh my god, they are so good. And what did you have tonight? Roast beef. So tonight, it's Sunday right now. I had no idea that Londoners, or maybe it's an England thing, roast beef, Sunday night, roast Sunday roast. That's what we call it. It's a tradition over here where
2: a lot of people just go down to the pub, have a late lunch. So any time in the afternoon, we actually went over and had lunch, like, got there at 5 p.m. Yeah. And it's just an occasion where British people just take it easy, lazy Sunday, go down to the pub, have a roast dinner, as we call it. And have a few drinks before the week week starts over again. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was very cool. And it's a cozy pub where we went, The Bell, my local pub. So I live in a neighborhood called Walthamstow in London, which is in uh, sort of northeast of London. And uh, I've only been there for about a year, a year. I've been really in London it. 14 years and kind of gone all the way around. And I think Walthamstow could be one of my favorite neighborhoods because it's just got the right balance of London grittiness and edginess <laughs> and little pockets of coolness with Walthamstow Village and the fancy deli cafes and restaurants and shops. I like them because it had easy
1: access to all the public transits.
2: Yes, that's also pretty good. Yeah, that's something that matters when you're looking for a place to live in London. You kind of tend to look at, you know, where where the tubes are, as we call it, the subway. When we were crawling in at 4 (laughs) a.m. Oh, we got home by cab when we crawled in at 4 a.m.
1: Did we do that when we went to the, uh, the nightclub at Scala's? Did we take a taxi? We did.
2: We did. You were Mistress Cindy was uh, pretty well gone by the time. I was we gone. trash. She was okay. trash. I was so trash. No, we did. We did end up um, getting a cab because I think I told you that the next bus was in like twenty oh, that, minutes, and you like, went, "Oh fuck that!" and we just got a cab. Four a.m. It was quite <laughs> funny. And she fell asleep in the cab within about three minutes.
1: Oh, no, I passed out. <laughs> passed out it was 4 a.m for god's sakes so
2: let's rewind to thursday yeah because thursday was really interesting thursday was interesting okay Okay, tell us why
1: you think it's interesting
2: exploring alternative lifestyles like so for me it's it's all pretty new since this summer hanging out with my new kingster and Polly friends at burning man i decided i was going to sign up to okcupid to meet some poly people in london because i didn't know anybody Got shitloads of responses, which was a bit overwhelming at times. I've actually right now disabled my profile because it was just too much. Um, it just took up too much time and was this kind of psychic weight of kind of going, oh, shit, I need to respond to that <sighs> message or whatever. And just keeping it going. But I met this lovely, lovely, lovely guy whom we shall call Luke. I really adore him. We went over to Luke's place where he lives with his wife. Yeah. And we got to meet his younger son. Yeah. He was super sweet. He was just so cute. Took us to his room, showed us his
1: toys. and was like, you guys are awesome. I just love that. I thought that was so sweet. He was a dinosaur fanatic. <laughs> was really cute. (laughs) And he wanted to tell
2: stories. So Luke and I have been on, I think, five or six dates. And the one before us going over to his... This is your first time meeting his wife. That's right. So last time was felt like quite an important kind of date, because I certainly felt a, a sense of connection to the person that he is. Rather than just, yeah, obviously I fancy him and I really, really want to shag him, which I haven't done yet, which is crazy. That is kind of crazy.
1: Girl, that night I could
2: have shagged him. I could have shagged him, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a, a kind of connection, which is, to me, is like really super important. I just can't do the, you know, meet somebody, chat for 10 minutes and go shag them. I just can't do it. There's a part of me that wishes I could. But Even I can't. if the connection and the. No, no, if the connection is right, but I need to feel some. Th- I, I can't. It's really difficult to Is it intellectual? articulate. I don't know. It can be anything Wait. because obviously, you know, in a moment, whatever happens in the moment happens. But right. it's really it's difficult to articulate, isn't it? It's impossible to articulate.
1: Anyway. When we were knocking on doors Oh yeah, that and- was
2: hilarious He sent me the wrong address <laughs> So he was on At number 5 of this street And he's he on me the other leave. side of London
1: he's not just Yeah, a- so
2: the other side of London from where I live So it was quite a trek getting there And then he had texted 26, so I happily Shot up to the door <laughs> And I got a bottle no! of wine in my hand yeah. <laughs> And this woman kind of first Didn't open the door, she kind of looked through The window <laughs> of her living <laughs> Living room was like uh weird. She doesn't look like she could be Luke's wife. She seems a bit too old. i was thinking the same thing. Exactly. I'm like, maybe that's the mother-in-law. Yeah, why is she looking at us bizarrely? Kind of she's not expecting us. So she comes and opens the door and was like, uh hi. I think maybe we have the wrong address. Does Luke live here by any chance? She's like, no. Okay, sorry. And then we tried to text him and call him and, and your phone died and he wasn't picking up and then my phone died and we were literally kind of walking up and down the street somehow trying to guess we which like, number he really lived at we
1: looked like a couple of prostitutes walking <laughs> up and down because in London it's really cold so it's like in the east coast where you, right now this time of the year in December everybody's got their long coats and they've got the gloves on that's what the Londoners are doing and so we're walking with these big furry coats up and down in the middle of the street, not on the sidewalk. <laughs> we chose to walk up and down the middle of the street with a bottle of wine, bottle of whiskey, darling. Oh, that's right. It was a bottle of whiskey, oh, we, which was very. I whiskey, had wine. Right? Too. Oh, that's right.
2: You brought a bottle of wine, and yeah. I had a bottle of whiskey. You're oh, right. You're right. You're right. A couple of so drinks. eventually, Luke comes out and and collects us. Yeah, very kindly. And so we went to his place and got <laughs> to meet his wife. So this was my first time in that poly environment and having that kind of openness, of me going into the home of this person that I like and want to have a a sexual, physical connection with, and that he has got a life partner who's actually willing to To be open and share and embrace me. I don't know about you, but I really had a sense that I was being welcomed. There was a sense, obviously, which I totally get at the beginning. I did get a sense of being evaluated. You were being evaluated. But you know what? I reckon the way that we responded to his son's kind of, do you want to go see my room and stuff? That probably went down pretty well. And the thing is, I genuinely wanted to, because you just couldn't help but adore that little kid. He was so cute. He was really cute. He was so cute. He didn't want to go to bed because he wanted to hang out with us. And I thought that was just so sweet. I just had such a lovely evening and it was great to meet Luke's wife. The the connection that I felt is I am deep down a very positive, optimistic person in the sense that I want to believe the best about people and give them the benefit of the doubt, even if they do silly, hurtful things, whatever. I'm really, I've got this keen sense that, People do stuff because they're coming with a whole kind of history and baggage and context that if you understand that, that fundamentally they're not bad people. They're just kind of doing the best with with what they have. And sometimes I I feel a bit Pollyanna-ish about it and feel like a lot of people are very cynical and I'm just not like that. And he's not like that either. He is not. I remember the date that we had before we went over to meet him, I was really surprised to the point of actually got like a bit emotional and teary eyed because like I noticed that beforehand I would try and look for that in people because you want that sense of belonging. And I'd reached a point in my life where I was comfortable with who I am and how I view the world and had kind of you know, given up. It was okay that other people might not be like that. It was like such a surprise. It was like, oh my God. It just felt, you know, lovely. And his wife is like that as well.
1: Yeah. So my experience with Polly has never been at that depth we have some friends, Anastasia in Los Angeles, you know, she and her husband bring their partners and introduce them to the children. And they're slowly, delicately exposing their children to these other partners, but they don't say, oh, I'm shagging this guy and mommy's shagging that person. That night they invited us over for just a casual evening and to meet the kids. At first I was shocked. I'm like, oh my God, you know, because I want to keep everything quiet. I don't want my children to know anything. And I loved the sense of them being very welcoming and warm.
2: And And do you remember what Luke's wife said about, because she's got a boyfriend, right? Right. Very established boyfriend and everything. And she was telling us that they talk about sleepovers so that the kids are aware that their parents, that their mum, has got sleepovers. They're using the same
1: terms as what the children do.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do sleepovers. So it's it's a similar kind of gentle openness in a way about what's going on without, you know, being obviously too open about it because they're way too young to kind of even be talking about that kind of stuff. Exactly. But I really like that. that It's a natural thing. It's just, you know, people that are important in their mummies and daddy's lives and yep. they're just very good friends. And, and I think they also said mummy's friend and daddy's friend. Right. What really fascinated me is that Luke's wife is a druid. Mm -hmm. I was really curious and started asking her about it. And the whole philosophy behind that is just, there are no gods just this idea that you accept things as they are and it's more a principle of an energy and that you go with the energy rather right. than resisting it. And I was just, I at that point I think I fell in love with her.
1: And she wasn't one of those I know some of the listeners are like oh my god it's one of those <laughs> type of shows going on right now. She wasn't sitting there lighting candles or Not incense, so sure. nothing at all. But the philosophy is that there isn't a god where there's ten commandments and thou shalt not do this or thou shalt not do that. And if you do that, you're a bad person. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And whereas in Druidism, it is completely different and it is go with the energy. And I think many of us think that way. You know, I just normally will say, you know, the universe wants me to do this. or the universe has delivered this to me jokingly, but on the other side of it, there was I, a sense of that. I believe that. Yeah, so me too.
2: I think that whole thing about going with the flow. She,
1: she and Luke have that calm and synchronized relationship. I saw the two of them interacting together, and they were in sync, and there was no jealousy. That, that was, was the beauty of it. It was. It was There's beautiful. two of us, and I'm like looking at this guy for the first time, going, "Oh my god, I think I'm crushing on this guy." <laughs> he was confident. And he's Funny and he's He's sexy he's he is. I if I was in London I'd want to date him. (laughs) Then we'd have to work out like oh arrangements. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can I date your boyfriend? (laughs) I like him. (laughs) But they have no jealousy. No. They were both poly
2: before they met and got married and had kids and when they had kids decided that that polyamory probably wasn't appropriate. And then Luke's wife said that she was basically a rubbish, monogamous person, was never good at monogamy. So it's only been in the last couple of years, now that the kids are a bit older, Mm -hmm. that they've started being poly again. I know that what Luke said to me is that in the beginning, they had lots and lots of rules around how they allowed each other to interact with their partners. And he, he admitted to me that he reckons that it probably ruined a number of budding relationships because... They were making rules between them as husband and wife that were affecting the partners. Right. And so right. the partner was like, mm. and you said it was, it was really complicated and a lot of heartache and stuff. I don't know how they've done it. And I'll probably be asking him about it because I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. They seem to have reached this point where they do have rules and we'll come to that in a second. They do have rules about what they can and, and can't do, but you can tell that they're so much more relaxed and trust each other. Very. What they've reached is just a few ground rules of what's really important to them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Luke wasn't allowed a threesome with me and Mistress Cindy. I oh, know. Damn it. Stop. Because any
1: threesome has to involve his wife, which is fair enough. Yeah, maybe we like can go see the kid again. Maybe maybe she'll see our interaction and she'll <laughs> give us a break. Yeah. I really was hoping for that threesome. I'm yeah. like, damn you, universe. <laughs> so, what happened on, on Friday, Mr.
2: Cindy? Yeah, she's Gosh. completely lost
1: sense, lost oh My God. sense of time. I'm not kidding. It's been like a vampire. The days we sleep, <laughs> yeah. nighttime, it's like London party. Yeah, London, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> More Pinot Grigio. (laughs) Oh, my God. We drank so much fucking wine this week. Not cocktails because everything's so expensive around here. Mm. At least I know the alcohol content in my wine. (laughs) I'm going to get drunk. (laughs) Mixed drinks, I have no idea what they're giving me. Exactly. Jesus. Oh, so Friday night, that was a lot of fun. It was. It was a lot of fun because uh, Luke met us at a pub and we had... In King's Cross. Quite a um, few nightclubs out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There are quite a few. And I, I picked out, um, a couple that I think we, we could go, but I knew that Luke was really into his kind of hard rock. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking past Scala, which was on the corner, I just picked out the corner of my eye because you guys were chatting away that it was a rock night. Yeah. So I pointed it out and we went over and just checked. And we're like, fuck it, let's just go here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was so funny because as we were There goes the in, universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we were walking in, Luke was going, I'm not dressed for hard rock. I'm not dressed for hard rock. I was like, what do you need to wear? You're only banging your head. What does it matter? So he
1: had, meow. Yeah, he was fine looking. He dresses up nice. He does, doesn't he? Yes. Suit jacket. He had a nice dress shirt. No tie, but he had a really nice dress shirt, burgundy, slacks. Yeah, And then his boots, his cowboy boots. I thought that looked hot. Mm-hmm. He looked like he owned the place. He did. Yeah, yeah.
2: that was so sexy. It was All crazy. these like 18-year-old kids who were kind of self-consciously kind of banging their heads, but looking at everyone around them, <laughs> just trying to see how they were.
1: We got there pretty
2: of, early. So we did. We did. For Londoners going nightclubbing. What was, yeah, so, well, sure. was it, like 10? Yeah. So I just thought it was hilarious. that So music was going and stuff, and this big, massive... Empty dance floor just felt like a waste of space. So it was big. It was big. So I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go down there and dance on my own for a little bit. And that yeah, was we quite were fun. boyering
1: you. Yeah, we it was were quite totally fun. watching you. Yeah.
2: Um. So I did that for a while, and then got a bit bored because two of you were just kind of standing up there and, and not joining
1: me. So I went back. We were up. talking about you. How oh, hot <laughs> you were. Oh my god, she's so hot. Look at her dancing. She's sexy. We were totally boyering.
2: <sighs> I like that. That's good. Anyway, so we kind—I of, came back up and kind of dared Luke to kind of do it, and he went down. And what did we do? You and I voyeured him. Oh my god! It was—he was just like he just got lost in the music, and it was so Girl, hot to watch.
1: Fucking hot when he dances. He really His really arms is. out. He was like receiving oh, yeah. the music, and he was just fucking. Was
2: just, yeah, just he was. He was feeling, enjoying that music, not giving a shit about what was around him. That kind of confidence is just a complete turn on. Yes, totally. And then the place filled
1: up and we were getting drunker and drunker. Yeah, I don't know when everything filled up. I went from empty, you know, it was an empty club, have a couple of glasses of Pinot Grigio, and all of a sudden there's... A room full of these eighteen to twenty year old boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably started filling up after eleven when all the pubs started shutting, as they still do in London. But then I guess as we were getting drunker, there was like a sort of some making out kind of going on. Yeah, you know, I remember being up along the railing and Yeah, that
1: was sexy. And and you and I started kissing. Yeah. You and I started kissing and he kinda like put his arms around us and pulled us in together and he was kissing you and I was kissing you and I like that. And then things just went from there and I I went out dancing. You went out dancing. We went walking around. We did. Yeah. And then you started chasing little boys. I wasn't chasing them. (laughs) They were in the middle of the dance floor in the mosh pit. And you were just grabbing for them. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> pleading the fifth. <laughs> I, I'm pleading the fifth in case any of the mothers are listening to this podcast. They were over 18. They are responsible for themselves. They clicked... <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> you know what it was is that I was I I don't know what happened. You know, a little bit of the cocktails, the evil Mistress Cindy comes out, wicked tigger, oh, wicked tigger came out, and I just was loving it. The energy was awesome, and my fingers went through their hair, and I'm like grabbing the crown of their heads, and these it. young men just melted in my arms. I'm like, oh my god, they're responding. What's wrong with you guys? Hmm. These. Good boys. Loved it. And then do you remember a certain cubicle? Yeah. Okay, so you guys were voyeuring me and keeping an eye on me when I was down in the mosh pit with all the crazy little boys. Yeah.
2: And then at one point, I think you came out of the mosh pit and we started following
1: you down one corridor. Yeah, we were going to go to check things out yeah and there's a curtain there's a you know this is a big club scala is a big club and it's not just rock there's a bunch of venues and stuff theme nights and everything we just nailed it on a rock rock night night. yeah and so i'm scouting out this club and luke kind of like opens this curtain like he knows this place like the back of his hand and like he owns the joint and i remember watching you guys disappear in there and i'm like the little sister that's going, oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and I come behind the curtain and you guys, it's in this cubicle. Well, it's kind of like a walk-in closet.
2: Yeah. Only was that nothing. there was
1: a bench there? No, there was just a little kind of sort of stool thing. That's all there was. Why? Who knows? I'm telling you, that's a seedy little nightclub that people are doinking in that room. Yeah, I can tell you when I had
2: my hands up against the wall, I was thinking, oh, I wish I wasn't touching this wall because it's sort of slightly wet and sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow I think it was getting all a bit heated and and then he and I started kissing and, and it was so hot. And that's when we got to the point of, do you want to come home with us? And he was like, no, <sighs> I can't. And it was just like. <laughs>
1: oh, I was crying too. My baby was crying. crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tigger was sad. <laughs> That's okay. And then what What do a couple of girls do that are looking for sex that can't have sex? We go to McDonald's. <laughs> Literally, I hadn't been to McDonald's in fucking decades. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was at McDonald's. It is against all my rules. And what do I do? Oh, okay. We can't have sex. Let's go have a filet of fish. <laughs> a large (laughs) fry supersize (laughs) me I'm sexually frustrated (laughs) and oh by the way give her some fake chicken McNuggets because she is gluten intolerant (laughs) and what do we do we sit there like oh my god I knew I was just done (laughs) done And then we went home and just collapsed into bed. So there was a cute little moment with one of those little 18-year-old boys at the end of the night after spanking all their little tail feathers. (laughs) We're getting ready to leave, and... We're actually already outside the club. Yeah, and this young man comes up, and he's
2: got the cutest, enduring face, and, and he... went over and kissed him, and then kind of walked away, I think. Yeah,
1: I said goodbye.
2: Yeah, and he sort of found the courage to come over and ask you for your number. And yeah. That was just
1: so cute. It was very cute. And I'm like, but I'm in San Francisco. Do you have a pen and paper? He's like, no, do you? I did, but there was no way. I was seeing devils at that point. I couldn't even tell where my purse was, although it was right around my neck. I couldn't have found it. He was just so cute. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was just so adorable. And I was thinking to myself, I've just destroyed this boy. He's going to be looking for older women for the rest of his life. He was a great kisser, but he was like that shy boy that probably doesn't have too much experience with girls. But he wasn't overly geeky. He had great manners. Hmm. And there's no way I would have shagged him. No. I just kept thinking, oh my God. Where would you have... Because yeah, I wouldn't have let you take him home. I could have done it in that seedy little <laughs> closet <laughs> area. Curbicle, yeah. <laughs> I know. I couldn't. I, you know, it doesn't matter how drunk I get, I do have some morals left. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was just a flirt. <laughs> But I was, I was, he was so cute. Yeah. I hope I didn't crush cute. him. No, I'm sure you didn't. How many boys do you think went home wanking off after that night? Oh, the way you were going? A few.
2: Yay! <laughs> say probably a dozen.
1: <laughs> I feel like Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> and these to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> All right. So Friday night, that was it. We slept. I, I don't think we saw daylight the next day. We didn't go out in day- daylight, no. That was yesterday. That was yesterday, Saturday. So we turn around, we sleep. Yeah. We get ready. We go shower. We yeah. get dressed. Yeah. And then we go back in London. By the way, so in London, you don't drive in London. You Jeez. take no. subways and trains and... And buses. And buses and... And you walk a lot. You do. Although I find it very... Pleasant. I love it. I do. I love it. I walk as much as I can, actually. We're, we're, so it, keep, it keeps me fit. We're very la- lazy in America. You are. I know. Geez,
2: you know what? When I came back from my trip after Fetish and Fantasy Ball, mm-hmm. I think I walked more in two days of being back in London than I had in two weeks of being in the States.
1: We drive to the grocery store, which is down the road. That is bad. I know. Well, we and walk... And then you
2: wonder why you have obesity problems. Are you calling me fat? No, you know. <laughs> definitely not. You're yummy. Oh, thank you. Speaking <laughs> of yummy last night. Yeah. Now, this is actually really interesting because it is such a
1: contrast. So here's to the topic. Friday. It doesn't matter if you're a swinger. It doesn't matter if you're poly. It doesn't matter if you're BDSM kink. There's one common denominator, and even if you're vanilla listening to this, the one common denominator that everybody experiences is... I will call it jealousy, but it's some people don't necessarily consider it jealousy. There's just a time in a relationship where you're trying to understand where we fit into this other person's life. And it does feel jealous. I mean, I have jealousy with my girlfriends. What we do for Saturday night? What was our fun Saturday night?
2: I have been seeing this guy that we will call G two for various reasons. I I like that name, by the way. G (laughs) two, G two, because there was a G one at the time I met him. It was like, and and a friend of mine was getting confused as to which G I was talking about, so renamed them G one and G two. So at first, I didn't think anything of him, and then my feelings for him changed. And then this summer, when I discovered more about polyamory and how relationships can take all different shapes and sizes and expressions and whatever, I actually finally admitted to myself that I loved G2. And so I thought it would be heaven to kind of arrange for the three of us, so G2, Mistress Cindy and myself, to to hook up last night because I care for them both very much. So for me, it would have been absolute heaven.
1: And you've had threesomes with him before. And I have had
2: threesomes with him before.
1: But his choosing, um, he's chosen the partners or did he have no no. He
2: he had chosen the partners in, in the past, so, you know, this was this felt good. It was like, you know, I I was Bringing somebody that I care about to you, the party. Yeah, yeah. So we first, we met up for dinner at this very nice restaurant in quite a fancy area of London where G2 happens to have a, a London pad, which is this amazing flat. Oh, my God. Apartment. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's overlooking. With an amazing view of London. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Just really cool. So we met up for dinner, and I just let those two kind of get acquainted, because Mistress Cindy and I have found a new label for what we are. We are situational.
1: Yeah. Not bisexual, not heterosexual just situational not depends yeah. it's situational so I wanted to make sure that Mistress
2: Cindy felt comfortable that she actually wanted something to happen you know that she wanted us to play otherwise there was no way that I was gonna kind of force anything or expect anything that yeah. just goes against all my own principles as a situational
1: <laughs> anyway so- I think we should get shirts that say I'm a situational <laughs> yeah.
2: So I was kind of, I guess I was, I was observing because it's something that I've learned to do. I grew up internationally and sort of you need to understand what the rules of the game are before you get involved. So I was partly making sure that Mistress Cindy was comfortable and part me kind of just trying to work out what the vibe was. And they called me on it as well,
1: which really annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were so quiet at the dinner table. Yes, like, G two and I are like, talk, 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 talk. We're talking about skiing. We're talking about Winnie the Pooh versus. We're talking about work. We're talking about a lot. And you were quiet. You weren't engaging in that conversation. It felt very uncomfortable on my side because. I just spent an entire week with you, and you and I are like, chat, 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 chat. You know, it's like two chickens in a hen house. (laughs) It's nonstop. But when I would stop and look, you were observing. I was. But it was for such a long period of time throughout the dinner. I I didn't know if there was some animosity or if there was some unspoken words between the two of you. I wasn't really sure. So in my head, I decided, oh, you're giving me the opportunity to dominate the conversation with this man. (laughs) Which he's a, you know, he's a conversationalist, so it's easy to talk with him. And we do. We have quite a bit of similar interests because we have similar personalities. Which is probably why I'm attracted to both of you. Exactly.
2: (laughs) And why we're attracted to you. You know, I was in observation mode and just kind of letting you guys talk about
1: sailing, talk about skiing, yeah. talking about traveling, Yeah, the traveling. You could have jumped in on yeah. Did you travel. A yeah, lot?
2: I could have. But um, if I'm totally honest, when you guys started talking about the sailing and the skiing, because I know how much it means to him, I was like, oh, fuck. What if he ends up liking her more than he likes me? Did that cross your mind at that point at dinner time? It did cross my mind. Yeah, I I felt that kind of slight sense of panic. I'm not
1: going to lie. No, this is good. See, I think a lot of people do experience those little red flags and they either suppress them. Well, that's the thing. What
2: was really interesting. So I I may have taken some mind altering substances that shall remain nameless. Oh, no, it's cannabis chocolate.
1: (laughs) Thank God for cannabis chocolate. Yay, San Francisco.
2: (laughs) So it was, it was interesting because, so I felt that I was high, but at the same time, I felt very lucid. So because I was in that observational kind of mode, I was also observing myself and Mm -hmm. how, how seeing the two of you interact was making me feel. And I felt on top of it. I was like, okay, this is what's going on. I know about these issues. I've been in therapy for a number of years. <laughs> I recognize this. I know where it's coming from. It's previous bad experiences. This is okay. You can handle it. And I was okay. And then we finished dinner and eventually kind of tiptoed, pussy footed around, kind of going back to his place and we ended up, we, we went back to his his apartment. And we were chilling on the sofa. Talk for
1: quite a while. And there was also a bit of a dance. Yeah, because he's got two sofas in his living room with the coffee table in the middle. So I'll just paint the picture from my what I was noticing is you sat on the opposite side of the sofa deliberately. It was it wasn't where you wanted to just get all three of us on the sofa. It was setting yourself away And I felt it and I felt like something was going on. And so I was trying to fix it by pushing him to go sit with you, razzing you saying, hey, you're too far, come sit with us. It was really, it felt... Uh, it was uncomfortable because I I side with you and I was trying to follow your lead, but I felt like you didn't want to lead anymore the situation and here's this guy that's showing interest. I'm like, well, she wants this threesome, she wants this. She's really been talking about it. We've talked a lot about it. And I could tell that something was wrong and every time I'd ask, like you were upset with him about something. Not with me. I didn't yeah. feel like it was towards me. I felt it was towards him like there was something going on there was unresolved issues that were going yeah. on
2: I mean I think well well um because we were talking about it on the way here which I've it, it's only literally just occurred to me that we've been seeing each other for two and a half years but it's actually only in the last couple of months that we've sort of admitted that we have quite strong feelings for each other and he was showing attention for someone else last night that's exactly it i was abused as a kid and I've been working on that for a while, but what I've been focusing on was, in a sense almost, recreating situations where I find myself in a position where I feel like I'm being forced to do something that I don't want to do, which was the case in the abuse. And as an adult, consciously siding with myself and being able to say, no, I don't want this and doing what I need to do in order to keep myself safe. And I've been focusing all of my attention on that. And what I realized what was going on last night is another aspect of the abuse that I haven't really addressed yet. I was molested by a school teacher and it's all about the attention. And if I'm really honest, and this is quite painful to say out loud, but there was a part of me as a kid that innocently wanted that attention. And as a grown up, I'm still beating myself up for it because, as an adult, I'm also looking at the bad side of that, which is that he molested me sexually. So it's very difficult to reconcile in my mind that you know I wanted it, but I didn't want it. It's it's a mind fuck.
1: It's, it's a, a mind, mind fuck, <laughs> girlfriend. It's a mind fuck.
2: And what last night brought out for me that took me by surprise was that it was actually dealing with the attention things. So if I look at what happened and me sitting on the opposite sofa and stuff. I was creating a situation for him to choose me, to pick me. That's exactly how I felt. That's what I was doing, and I'm conscious of it. And it feels really uncomfortable. It feels really Don't uncomfortable. Don't
1: worry. It felt very uncomfortable for oh. me. <laughs> That's exactly what I felt, is that you were creating a situation that would require him to choose you. And even I felt uncomfortable because... I needed to prod him a little bit, like go sit with her, put your hand on her knee. And that's where that whole, yeah. Give contact, you know, ground yourself. And we did get there eventually.
2: Yeah. And I did end up sitting next to him and and we were kind of, we had that kind of physical contact and eventually things kind of happened and we took our clothes off and we were dancing around and naked, naked. And we eventually went into the, to the bedroom and,
1: and started playing. You were so hot when you are dinking. Oh, oh my god, you were so, so are you. fucking hot! <laughs> <laughs> and his cock was hot. Yeah, he has. I color. was really good pleasantly good
2: surprised. <laughs> yeah, he has a good cock. We started playing and stuff, and I thought I was in control because I have been working on these issues for a while and I am aware of them. But it's just really bizarre. It's like something took over, and I just I couldn't actually handle it, and so I disappeared. A couple of times because that has been my coping mechanism in the past to kind of go away and try and kind of reconnect with myself and ground myself and I did go back, same. yeah, go back to kind of deal with the situation. And I was hoping to be able to do that, but that kind of turned up and turned into a bit of a meltdown where I was kind of.
1: <laughs> no, this <laughs> is it from my crouched against the wall, sobbing. This is after you were fucking and having these incredible. Yeah incredible moments and then you disappear and you do you were up against the wall yeah because
2: what happened is that um i felt okay when he was fucking me and you were just playing with him and stuff but at one point he he was kissing you and he was giving you his full attention and i was just like ah she took my lollipop yeah (laughs) and it just sent me into a place of just complete panic, and it's completely irrational. I had a bad experience when I was younger, where I really fancied this guy and had told this girl that who I thought was my friend, and basically had en- ended up in a similar situation, except I knew nothing about threesomes and stuff. I must have been 19 or 20 at the time, and had sort of seen them. They both knew that I liked the guy, and we'd gone back to his place, and they started kind of touching each other. And I just felt so betrayed. And I recognize what I felt last night is what I felt that night. Mm. And again, it's something that I'm aware of, but I just, that feeling of panic, I cannot control. Is there anything I could have done to help you? No, you did everything absolutely right. The way you came out to find me.
1: and Yeah, I did not want to continue while, when you weren't in the room, I did not want to continue playing. It was nothing about him. It was just the fact that this is a threesome. It's a moment for us three. And without that third component, without you there, I didn't feel right. But isn't it interesting I though, you. that,
2: you know, just seeing him kiss you, I automatically felt excluded rather than seeing that as, you know, just part of the play. And obviously we've only got one mouth each. So kind of doing a way because you're new.
1: You're new in the poly relationship. You're still working through pain, you know, from the past. These are experiences that when you get into non-monogamy, it pushes anything that may have been sitting in our souls for years and years and years. It'll push it up. It pushes all the shit. I did big time last night. Jeez. I've gone through jealousy. I'm with Reverend John, you know, and seeing him. I am still dealing with stuff. And he and I are working on that communication because the jealousy is part of all of the couple's relationships. And I think that's what I really appreciate about going to these conferences is that they always have a session about jealousy. How do we deal with it? If you're a single woman and you're with a couple, how do you deal with the jealousy? What's really weird is that with that, I have no trouble.
2: With what? The when single I'm, woman in the other one? If, when I'm the single woman right with a couple,
1: I am perfectly comfortable with... What if the wife is upset? I haven't been in that situation yet. There's some really bad nightmares that have been shared by unicorns that they get into the... I mean, they've been pulled into someone else's circus of drama because the wife wasn't comfortable with it. Um, well, I narrowly avoided one. Didn't I? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this guy I met on OK Cupid
2: and turned out into a really weird interaction with his wife for various reasons that we won't go into. I tried to communicate with his wife and we exchanged a few emails and she was just that's a really so, weird one. <laughs> so judgmental of... Because basically G2 is
1: married and not in an open relationship. He's in a situation with a marriage that he loves his wife. Their sex life is on hold because of health on her part. And so he has this other secondary relationship and that's with Victoria S., So it's not that it's unethical. And I've been struggling with that so much over the last few months,
2: especially after finding out, you know, more about polyamory and reading The Ethical Slut. This is another mindfuck for me because I really, really do care about him. And honesty is something that is very, very important to me. So in a way, I have been honest and true to my values in the sense that I have told him what I would be more comfortable with. But I do I do really struggle with the fact that his wife, you know, from what he's told me, doesn't know. He has said that, you know, she's not stupid, but that's just that's just not good enough in a way. The point I've reached and there's still a lot of processing to be done, is the chat that we had on the train coming here tonight, which is that actually we're in a completely different situation today from a few months ago because we have admitted feelings to each other where I certainly don't feel ready to give up this connection. And it's kind of finding a new balance in a way, almost in, in the relationship. And there's still a lot of unanswered questions. Would you ever
1: consider having a threesome with G2 again?
2: I need to deal with my shit before I'm able to do that. That's good. And I've got a therapy session this week, which I'm <laughs>
1: looking forward to
2: in a way, I'm perfectly happy with the arrangement. And I am genuinely happy that he actually wants to stand by his wife. But
1: I admired that
2: just hearing his conversation and how he was talking. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, there's a part of me that feels angry. If I don't want to disrupt that, why can't, can't I have those moments when we are together and we do share something special? Because who knows, maybe in a way, it helps him too to keep Looking after his wife, and because we all have those needs of kind of intimate connection, and sometimes unfortunately life gets in the way. So, who knows? You know, another way of looking at it is am I helping them, you know, by giving him an outlet, let, allowing him to have his needs met so he can continue meeting his wife's needs, right? Because I have absolutely no desire to make any claim on his time or independence. I'm happy to see him when I see him because he's also very busy. He travels a lot for business and it
1: it totally works for me. And it's just fucking with my head right now. (laughs) What I find most interesting in this week is the varying degrees of relationships and the complexities. But on the other side, it's pretty simple when it comes down to it. It's just owning our own emotions and being able to communicate them. Yeah. How valuable it is. Oh, it's so, it's absolutely fundamental if you want this kind of lifestyle to work for you. And having friends that'll be supportive. Yeah. I think that's the other thing is, it's just the importance of surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. I think the number one thing that I've taken away from this whole week is how important owning our own emotions, not hiding from it and being able to have that support mechanism of people that are in poly, that are in swinger, whatever lifestyle situational that we are, that we have someone that we can go to and talk to that aren't judgmental because without it, we are not going to grow. We will beat ourselves up. And I saw the turmoil that you were going through. And I'm glad that it's now, it's changing. Mm. You're not going to beat yourself up as much because mm. you don't have any reason to.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I can't wait to see, since you're so brand new, I mean, only a couple of months of poly and, <laughs> and really being alternative lifestyle. I'm just going to say alternative lifestyle. Yeah you're just in the beginning stages where you're going to be in six months and 12 months as a single woman. And who knows, you might find someone that you want to fancy and they'll become a primary partner. Mm -hmm. But just where you're going is just incredible, sexually, independently. As difficult as it is, I am really enjoying it
2: because for me, my priority is that potential for growth. Mm -hmm. And I see this as, yeah, just facing difficult shit because it helps me to grow. And that's what's important to me and owning my shit. And last night was really difficult and I feel very embarrassed for having that meltdown and the the effect it had on you. But at the same time, I am deeply grateful for it because it just shone a different light on what's going on for me and giving me more information to address it and go beyond it.
1: Do you think it would have happened last night if G2 had invited a, another female partner instead of me? Do you think it, it would have ended up?
2: No, I don't think because I think what last night revealed for me is that actually I, now that I have told him that I love him and
1: he said the same to me, it's almost a different kettle of fish. What would you recommend to some of the new people out there, especially females? I think females deal with a lot of emotions. Yeah. Whereas men might be concentrating on
2: sex,
1: (laughs) (laughs) polyamory and kind of non monogamy generally
2: requires a degree of self-awareness. If you want to make it work for you and your partners, if you want it to be something positive, it requires that degree of self-awareness, which requires work on yourself. And my recommendation would be don't ignore those feelings, actually listen to you know, all those fears and insecurities, what what are they actually trying to tell you about protecting yourself? Because at the end of the day, all of these fears and insecurities, I now treat them rather than kind of trying to block them out and ignore them. It's more like, okay, so I'm feeling really insecure right now. That insecurity is trying to protect me. What is it trying to protect? embracing it rather than resisting it and it's not comfortable sometimes really difficult and you make a complete ass of yourself (laughs) (laughs) but if you look at it as a chance to grow as a person I think it, it can be something really positive absolutely
1: so that's it, kids. As far as the, uh, what we did, all that naughty bed casting. Well, I can tell you that there was some naughty stuff that happened last night. It wasn't just drama. There was some <laughs> really good. Sexy. Sexy. Tasty. Naughtiness. Yeah g2 didn't even have to be there i was i was very happy with you <laughs> i kept forgetting well, it was tonight, there honey. <laughs> oh i'm going to bed i'm catching a flight baby and as uh, reverend john would say you can sleep when you're dead <laughs> all right kids uh, i will talk to you soon hugs and kisses cool. back to america we go This is Emily from Cassidy, and you can find me and hundreds of other sexually social swingers at Cassidy.BlissBringers.com. And that's spelled K-A-S-I-D-I-E.
0: And that is it. I hope you liked it. If you liked it, then please revisit your view on iTunes or on Stitcher. If you didn't like it, then call 231-622-5477 and I will give you double your money back. In other news, we are running out of podcasts to recommend. Can you believe it? If you have any favorite podcasts that deserve a shout-out, let us know at info at and we will put them in the next episode. Until then, what's your pleasure? All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned.